Hey, what's up, podcast? This is Match Lava, and you're listening to the Road to Freedom Pod. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Match Lava, and today is Friday, May 20th, 2022. It has been a very, very busy day for me. I ended up getting up a little bit later, but ended up having a decent amount of stuff to do. So overall, just a busy day. I tried some new sourcing strategies, so we can cover that. And then we can cover the main release that we had this morning, which really wasn't anything that crazy. We had two of them and kind of so-so. I didn't end up doing too hot. So let's just get into it. We can talk about what we had today, talk about the release tomorrow and kind of what I see coming uh, up from that. So Today we had two releases, two main releases. It was the New Balance 9060 release on newbalance.com. They did a Joe Fresh Goods collab. And I do believe that these collabs, they're becoming more and more frequently, like more and more frequent. And I do believe that they'll start to lose value a little bit only because like maybe this is just a weird run that he's on where he's making a ton of New Balance shoes. But overall, it seems like there's way more now than there have been in recent memory. And so... He's putting out a lot of collabs with New Balance, and they're all priced really high. But then if you look at some of them, like the Amongst Us collaboration that he did with the New Balance 2002R, I think is what it was called, that shoe isn't performing super well. And it was priced pretty high pre-release. So overall, some of these shoes that are looking like they were going to be pretty decent buys aren't necessarily doing that hot. And so I do expect this trend to kind of continue with some of these shoes these shoes in particular today had really high prices before release i don't know what they're going to do post release just because i don't personally think the shoe's that good looking of a shoe i don't think the colorway was that stellar some people seem to like it it sold out really fast on instagram the other day because they did an instagram shop release so the pink colorway i think was the only one that dropped they did two colorways the pink one was both on instagram and on new balance the blue i think was a new an instagram exclusive so either way We'll see kind of how prices do, but I had a really rough time with this drop. I had I ran one of the premier bots for it and just completely got tanked out. I mean, I, I had so many card declines, it was insane. And I don't know what was going on. There must have been some problem with the payment processor, but I should have definitely at least had a few pairs of shoes and just things didn't break my way today. So overall, kind of a bummer there, but that was a, the first release that we had. Second release that we had today was same time, different place. The sneakers app was doing a Stussy release. No, that was yesterday. They were doing a uh, they were doing a clot release today, and I didn't end up going for that. But what I did go for was the Arctic Orange Dunk Lows, and they were one of the like uh, made from recycled materials Nike shoes that they've been doing. That shoe in particular had some really big sizes that were doing really well. And in particular, size 14 was just crushing. It was at over $200. I expected that to drop pretty significantly post-release, but on StockX, it was going for about 200 210 And so I was thinking in my mind, okay, these retail at about 110 bucks. Right now, resales over $200. Even if it drops by 30 40 bucks, that's still going to be a decent profit on these things after everything's said and done. I'll still make money. And who knows, maybe it'll stay higher. So I, I felt like it was pretty low risk. Nike has 60-day free returns, so overall, like, very, very low risk. And I wanted to enter for that shoot. I did. Did not end up copying that as well. So overall, went 0 for 2 today, which is kind of a bummer. That's how days go for releases sometimes, and that's why being kind of a release reseller, as I kind of call it, or a sneakerhead reseller, or whatever you want to call it, it is 
very difficult sometimes because you go through these up and down periods, right? And today was one of those down periods where I just didn't hit anything. And there'll be days where I buy so much that I think this is this is crazy. Like, I, do I even, am I going to be able to cover this? Am I going to be able to sell all this fast enough to pay it back? And obviously I do, but it's just one of those things where some days things go crazy, some days things go really rather slow. And that's just the way reselling can be when you're going release to release to release. That's why I'm trying to transition out of that and move to more of a replenishables Amazon FBA business. So that's what I've been doing. And I've had a lot of people tell me, hey, why don't you go into a store? Why don't you go and do research in a store? Why don't you go to Walmart and take pictures of, of stuff in there and then do research in the store? Or why don't you like take the pictures from Walmart and then go home and look up different stuff and see what you can find? And so that's exactly what I did. And very, very simple. Went into Walmart, spent about an hour and a half in there. I took roughly 300 pictures of just the, the shelves and then went home and started looking them up. And that sounds insane, right? 300 photos. I didn't expect to take that many. And honestly, probably didn't take enough. I think that the way I'm going to do it from now on, I'll probably do, I was doing them up and down ways. I may go side to side. I can get a kind of a better photo that way. And it looks better on the computer when you're trying to look at different products and stuff like that. So I may do that. But I thankfully didn't have a ton of stairs. I went at a time when Walmart wasn't super busy. So there weren't a ton of people that I was in the aisles with typically there really wasn't anybody in the aisle with me thank goodness and I just went through and took photos of all the items all their price tags and everything and then once I felt comfortable with the amount of photos I took I went home and just started looking stuff up and I made it through probably like five or six photos in about an hour's time so I definitely have my work cut out for me this weekend but that should keep me busy for a while and the good thing about that is if you're trying to look for products to do online arbitrage with it's really good to have a very good visual of what you're looking for. And what better visual to see what sorts of products sell quickly than what Walmart would store in its actual stores, right? Because think about it, the stuff that sells in stores are typically things people need quick and stuff that people need quick typically sells faster. So the theory would be stuff that Walmart doesn't keep in the stores as much, that would be stuff that would sell slower and stuff that they keep in the stores would probably sell faster than stuff they don't put on store shelves at all and walmart doesn't put everything on its store shelves i don't believe that they do i don't believe every skew is on every walmart store shelf that would be insane but they do have and i'm talking about just walmart i'm not talking about their third-party fb like fb walmart sellers like whatever like that's not what i'm talking about i am talking about walmart themselves they don't put every product on their shelves at every store so the stuff that's in certain stores is typically stuff that sells quicker. And I don't even think that, I personally don't believe they put every product that they have on a SKU in all their stores because that would be insane. So when you're buying stuff online, they may have stuff that sells, but it doesn't sell necessarily that fast or it's not that necessary for everybody. So they don't send it out to the stores. They may just keep it in some warehouses and ship it out whenever it's purchased. And that kind of alleviates some shipping costs because they're not sending it to a store and having it sit there, it eliminates like expiration dates and all that kind of stuff. Things going out of style, things going out of stock, needing to clearance items that don't need to be reduced that much. Like all that kind of stuff is eliminated by just keeping it in a warehouse and shipping it out directly from there. So that sort of stuff, when they put stuff in a store, that kind of indicates to me, hey, this definitely at least sells. And it may not sell that fast. They may have obviously screwed up maybe with this one skew and just got put in the store. But for the most part, stuff in the store is put it there by people that understand how to put inventory in a store to make it sell. So I went through and I literally just took pictures of everything, came home and started looking it up. And that was probably one of the better things I could have done because for about the first half hour, I don't know if you've ever just walked into a Walmart and looked at the products. But it's kind of crazy how many products they have in there. 
I mean, like I would go through one aisle. There had to been in maybe some of the tool aisles. I don't know. Some of the aisles had over a hundred products in them in just one aisle. I'm not saying like back and forth between both aisles because there's obviously an aisle on either side of you when you walk down like a certain aisle way. It has two aisles, one on the left, one on the right. They each have their own aisle number. I'm just talking one one side of that. One of them had like well over a hundred products in it. It's just like how how vast is the SKU system for Walmart? And when you walk through there, you're like, wow, this is crazy. There's so many products here that I didn't even think to look up. And so that's why it made so much more sense to go there and take the photos. And thankfully, people both in some Facebook groups and both in Discord were like, why don't you go try this? Why don't you go into a store, take some photos, and then go home and look it up? And for me, I was just kind of plugging away like, okay, what brand should I look into? I should look into this brand. I should look into that brand. But like, if you don't actually have all the brands in front of you, in front of your face, you're never going to think of them all. And so that was one of the big things for me that I didn't really recognize until I walked into Walmart and took about three steps into the first aisle way. And obviously, I've been in a lot of Walmarts before. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm a reseller. I've been reselling for a few years now. I've been in my very, like, fair share of Walmarts. But when you're going into Walmart looking for replenishables, you are in a different mindset than when you're going looking for retail arbitrage. And the reason is retail arbitrage stuff typically flips for higher margins. It's typically more difficult to find and you typically will be looking for like a set list of items. And that was not the case today. Today, I was looking for very, very different stuff. I was going in with a very like open mind and just saying anything on the shelves may be sellable. What can I find here? And it just kind of struck me as so crazy how many different items there were, how this, the aisles were organized. I mean, I haven't actually ever walked through a Walmart in most sections because there aren't all like there aren't profitable items in every section when you're looking at it through the lens of a retail arbitrage seller, right? You're looking for stuff that sells, usually trying to make 100% margins on stuff or trying to make like 30, 40 bucks on an item. That's not a replenishable seller's game. A replenishable seller's game is, hey, this is scalable because I can find one SKU and maybe make $40 a month on that SKU. And so if I can find 10 SKUs that make me uh, $40 a month, that's $400. And that's not saying $40 per sale. That's saying I find one SKU, I make $4 an item, I sell 10 of those items a month, that makes $40. I now have to find 10 of those SKUs, like 10 different products, and now each of those is making me $40 a month, that's $400. And you just keep scaling that out. And then you go, okay, well, now I have maybe 100 SKUs that make me $40 a month. Well, that's $4,000. And you just keep scaling that up and up and up and up. You go to different stores. And there's like kind of when you think of it that way, there's an endless amount of products that you could do this with. And so you're just looking for the way that they put it in the Facebook group that I'm in. Uh, the guy, Jim Cockrum, who kind of started it, he always says you're looking for underserved ASINs. You're not looking for underserved products. And that's kind of the way it is. Like Amazon's kind of a game if you think about it. Most of these platforms are a game and Amazon in particular because some of the items on there have multiple listings for no reason other than somebody made their own listing. And you have to be careful with those sorts of things. You don't want to be gated in a brand and then be ungated on a certain listing and list on it and sell on it. You have to check and make sure that the listing is the correct brand or you'll run into suspension issues where you could be suspended or kicked off of Amazon for selling under the wrong brand name or the the brand itself files an IP complaint against you and you have all these things that you have to deal with which is just not fun. So like you have to make sure that you're dotting your I's, crossing your T's, following your P's and Q's, all that kind of stuff. But if you can find listings that for some reason, you know, Amazon's on one listing and you're ungated in it, but if Amazon's on it, you're not gonna sell it because Amazon's always gonna give themselves the, the buy box, 
you can go and sometimes there's other listings out there for the same exact product and you can just list under that one and it still sells it doesn't sell as fast as the amazon listing but if the amazon listing is twenty thousand rank and the one that you're looking at is sixty thousand rank you're still going to sell a decent amount a month and so just looking at those sorts of things you can say okay fine this is this kind of how i'm going to play this game i'm going to go and i'm going to look at these products here and you can find a lot of products that way and so that's what i've been doing i went through about I don't know. I went through one aisle, literally went through one aisle in an hour, just looking at every single product in there, looking it up on Amazon, looking for other products like it on Amazon, all kinds of stuff like that. And I ended up finding a couple products that'll probably sell. I have to do a little bit more work because there's different requirements for different products. So like if you're sending anything in that could be hazardous or could be like anything like that could be uh, not good for human consumption, like if somebody were to like, like there's plenty of products out there like Windex, right? If you're going to send in Windex, which I don't even know if you can or cannot send that into to Amazon. I think you can, but I don't know if that's like a product that you should or shouldn't send in. But let's say you were sending it in. I believe there's training you have to do to be able to send in like a Windex product, right? Because if somebody drinks that, that's that's not a drinkable product. Like it looks, it certainly looks like many drinkable products, but it is not a drinkable product. You you definitely do not want to drink that. And so you have to take training for that to make sure that you're a, a obviously like somebody that understands that and you know how to kind of pack stuff for that sort of a thing and basically go through Amazon's little training course that they have. I haven't done that yet, but I'm going to do that tomorrow. It's kind of one of the things I'm going to lay out for myself to do because those sorts of products have a barrier to entry. And I kind of like things. The more I work and the more I work in reselling, the greater the barrier to entry is the greater the payout. And and the what I mean about that is there are certain things that come with a large barrier to entry. Take Amazon versus eBay, for example. I see a lot of people in Discord trying to get onto Amazon. I see a lot of people in Discord that already sell on eBay. eBay is very simple. Here's how you make an eBay account. You go in, you create an account, you provide them basic tax information. If you're a seller and you're going to be doing over $600 a year, I think is their threshold for that. Don't quote me on that. Obviously, consult that yourself. Talk to a CPA. But I believe if you're doing over $600, they get your tax information, all that kind of stuff. And they take all that and then you have an account and you can go sell and you can sell whatever you want. Basically, don't screw up. Don't be an idiot and you'll be fine, right? You won't get kicked off the platform. Amazon, you need to provide them all kinds of crazy stuff. I I needed to provide them, I think when I applied, driver's license, tax information. Um, I think I had to provide them like a bill to prove that I lived at the house that I gave them whenever I, like to prove that I lived at home. I gave them all kinds of information. And so... Now they kind of like, okay, they, they're they're kind of fine with it and it was easier to get on then. But people applying now, they go, why why is it taking so long for me to get on Amazon? I have to do, I saw some people saying, hey, I have to do like a, a Zoom interview with somebody for to prove that I'm a real person. That's a barrier to entry. And some people may say, when whenever they say, hey, we want you to do a Zoom interview, that probably knocks out like 50% of people. People are probably like, screw that. I'm not doing a Zoom interview with some rando. I, I don't want to do this. I'll, I'll go sell on eBay. I'll go sell on Mercari or reselling is too hard. I can't do this. Or Amazon doesn't want me on there, so I don't, I don't want them. Like stupid stuff like that. And so that probably knocks out a lot of people that aren't very serious about it. So it's kind of fine. And I look for stuff like that because if you have higher barriers to entry, that knocks out a lot of competition. And the less competition you have, the more money you can make. And so that's kind of what I'm looking for here. Like products that require you to take that training, there's probably a lot of people out there like me who haven't taken it yet. And so they can't list those products and they're fine. They, they go find other products and they make a lot of money on those and they're fine. But for me, a barrier to entry that I can get over says, hey, this there's a lot of people that probably haven't done this. So there's probably less competition for this sort of a product that can make some money on it. 
and probably have less people that I'm competing with. And so those sorts of things, products that require you to get on gated toys, uh, gourmet foods, all these kind of things that are out there that are difficult to get st- selling in if you have no idea what you're doing. But obviously, if you just go to a wholesaler or get 10 of an item and then you can sell it, like you're probably fine. Those sorts of things are barriers to entry that a lot of people don't do, a lot of people don't know. And so there's a little bit less competition in some some sorts of categories like that or even platforms like that, right? Amazon is definitely a lot more strict. There's rules to selling on Amazon that you don't have on eBay. You screw a seller over or you screw a buyer over on Amazon, you may be kicked off the platform, you may be suspended, you may be suspended for life depending on what you do. You do that on eBay and you may have to refund the buyer, you'll probably have to refund them, but you won't get kicked off the platform. There's like a, there's kind of like a a bar on eBay and you can keep kind of, I don't know how to say it, but you can keep pushing them and pushing them and eventually they'll kick you off, but it's not instantaneous. Amazon doesn't play games. They deliver the best customer service for a reason and that is because they want to be the biggest company that that they can be and so they are the best customer service they are the best customer satisfaction and they don't play games with that kind of stuff and so if you don't do the best for the customer they will remove you from the platform because honestly they can find somebody else who will and so ebay doesn't necessarily have that amazon does and so that's why there's more barrier to entry to amazon for us though that's good that as as much as that sucks that amazon could kick you off at any instant that's good in a way that people that you would be competing with that could tank the price, that don't know what they're doing, that are complete bozos, that make it kind of a crappy platform to work on, those people are gone, right? There's plenty of platforms that come and go. And the reason they go is because the platform wasn't sustainable because some of the people they had on there were bozos and doing stupid stuff and not not kind of acting the way every business owner or seller should. Amazon is different, right? If you're buying something on Amazon and you're not happy with it because you weren't delivered the right product. The product didn't work as it was supposed to. The product had a defect. You got an inauthentic item. Any of these things. You're going to get your money back. You're going to have the products get sent back for free. And you don't have to ask any questions. You don't have to, to do anything weird. You don't have to kind of file a case really. Like you go in, you go to the chat, you say, hey, this is screwed up. You go to file a return, you say, hey, this is screwed up. And they give you your money back and you send the, the product and, and you're on your way. And it's like one and done, right? eBay's not like that, and so it's easier to do scams on eBay. It's easier to kind of run these these things around that people do, which creates more competition for people like me and you who want to actually sell on these platforms, whether it's just a kid getting on and trying to sell on there and maybe tanking the price out because they don't know what they're doing or whether it's somebody just not knowing anything about business and selling products for loss because that, that kind of, that's their way of, I don't know, having fun, right? Amazon doesn't really support that as much. People do sell stuff for loss, but they don't support just people getting on there and selling whatever, right? You get into these gated products like a Nike and Adidas, you have a lot less competition there sometimes. Maybe not because maybe not those brands, but products that are gated, you will have less competition than products that are ungated naturally because there's less people that can sell on a product that's gated versus their are people that can sell on a product that's just ungated from the start. So keep that kind of stuff in mind. Those barriers to entry obviously suck when you're starting out. As you kind of get into it a little bit more and you see, hey, you know, I can get ungated for different brands. I can sell this and this most people can't. Like you kind of get happy about that because you say, okay, well, there's less chance that people jump on this listing with me. There's less chance that people tank the price on this. There's less chance that I have to worry about if this thing is no longer sellable because, uh, I don't know, 10, 20, 100 people jump on the listing with me, tank the price down to 50% of what it's selling right now, and now it's unprofitable for me and them. There's less of a chance of that happening if it was a gated product because 
most people probably can't get ungated for it when they start. So anyway, and, and the people that can, they probably know what they're doing. They've been on there for a while. So hopefully that helps. Hopefully that's kind of explaining the way that I've been sourcing a little bit and my methodology and, and to what sort of things I'm looking for on Amazon. And uh, yeah, if you want to rock with me and build a replenishables business, I'm going to be kind of showing you what I'm doing here on the podcast, talking about it, and hopefully can convey to you uh, kind of the steps that I've been putting together to make this thing work. So anyway, with that being said, I'm going to go. You guys have a great rest of your Friday. Have a great weekend, and I will talk to you sometime Saturday, Sunday, or Monday with another podcast. Have a good one. Peace.